0: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Mara Carabello, filling in for Boyd Matheson today. And I'm going to start with the headline. I'm not going to bury the lead here. The And then after that, I'm going to break it down as we do on this program and talk about the issue in depth. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the arguments on the Texas abortion starting on November 1st. Abortion rights activists are cheering the news, but so are gun rights activists. How do these two groups, often at odds, Odd bedfellows end up on the same issue. So first, let's start by breaking down the issue in general. Now, what's a question at the Supreme Court? There are two distinct questions. One is delegating authority to the general public from um, in for in uh, from the federal guard the enforcement authority. So in the abortion instance law in Texas, the delegation of authority from government to the general public will be a critical and central issue to discuss. The second one is the US bringing a suit to the federal courts to obtain reliefs against the state. So just a standing question that the Supreme Court is often known for having. But it makes for an interesting issue, but we need to be clear on where the the oddity of the two different sides coming together is this question of who should have the authority of enforcement. And in the Texas law, we've delegated it to the general public. So isn't that interesting? So Gun rights activists join abortion rights activists to fight this law. And the legal conflict of abortion has divided many Americans for years over over political lines, as uh, has guns. And now, again, we're seeing the sides come together on this one issue. So when you listen to the Texas law, we've got to break it down into almost two different pathways— one is the law itself, the issue of abortion access and abortion rights. The other entirely different subject is one of precedence and one being said about defining who gets to enforce our laws, which it has major consequences for many people. They would say major unintended consequences for this law. So let's start first maybe with guns. Um, since we've talked about the abortion side of it, What happens and why have we brought gun rights advocates to the table? Well, this is not something foreign to Utah. Um, uh, Our rights to own guns are not only um, pointed to in the U.S. Constitution, but the Utah Constitution has been very clear on this. Utah has had an issue, um, it was about two decades ago, where the state legislature had a very aggressive preemption law that suggested that our local cities and towns could not make um, tighter gun restrictions than the state could, that they they couldn't preempt state law. So if you just look at that as a microcosm of what we're talking about, what this piece of legislation would do would be essentially to set up legal precedents, and I'm sticking with guns for a minute, I'll go back to the the, the actual writing in the language of abortion. But what this would do would be, let's take a scenario where this law is upheld and says that the individual has the right to be the authority um, in, in the enforcing these prohibitions. You could take a liberal place like New York and they could um, make rather restrictive gun laws and this would essentially give them the precedence for uh, bucking the larger constitutional issues and say, no, you know, you've given the power to the people and now the power uh, lives on New Yorkers to restrict your rights to carry or own guns, however that theoretical argument I'm making. So you can see that the precedent it sets um, puts aside the constitutional rights, and puts them in favor of the public being the enforcers. This would never, this would be unprecedented in American history. Um, And it would be so interesting to see if it really falls along those. So, Interesting gamesmanship here. Many of us believe that the, I'm going back to abortion, many of us believe that the abortion argument was put forth in such an aggressive and clear manner, and many would say a strident manner, to test abortion law. You know, we know we've had lots of discussions with the composition of the Supreme Court itself and Roe v. Wade in the long run, and is this an unprecedented time to challenge Roe v. Wade? So you see Mississippi and you see the state of Texas putting together these very aggressive, strident abortion bans to somewhat test the practicality or or um, the durability of Roe v. Wade. Now, it makes for an interesting discussion now that, again, some considered right, uh, traditionally right-of-center issues like gun ownership are saying, hold on a minute, wait— Uh, We don't want to talk about abortion. We want to talk about the precedent that this law is setting by enabling, again, a member of the general public to be the enforcer and not, in fact, the state or a, a government authority to be the enforcer. So... Now you've got to pick whether you're following the issue and whether you want to see the Texas law go through as a disruptor. I say this on the sidelines, not as, as a legal question, but do you want to follow it through because you want to bust through and challenge Roe v. Wade? Or are you more worried about the unintended consequences that may affect things you care about, like gun ownership or, frankly, any individual ownership that is protected and secured within constitutional law? Um, Firearm Coalition is now urging the Supreme Court to directly tackle this question. They're saying things like this guns rights group has put out a statement that said this case is important not because of its specific subject matter on abortion, but instead for Texas's cavalier and contemptuous mechanism for shielding from review potential violations of constitutional rights that determined a court's precedence. So remember, this is a gun rights advocacy group taking strong aim, if you will, at um, this abortion law, this, this uh, strident abortion law. It's a, a crazy time um, for making precedent. I am among those who... Um, the, the earlier deferral was on a technicality a month or so ago when the Supreme Court didn't take up this issue... And I think it's critical that they have expedited this and will hear arguments as early as November 1st because the the trepidation that, that brings to me in this precedent setting um, is interesting. What I'll also tell you that I love about this and something that Insign Sources has continually um, championed is this breaks down labels, whether it meant to or not. You're not seeing traditional sides line up and that we all just get our cues from the labels we're carrying of liberal and conservative. This mixes up those labels, requires the public conversation to be about policy, not just about brands. And maybe we will be able to also see that the courts who, by and large, we put labels on the courts, but I think our judiciary system, our third branch of government, has been long good. Good to see it as a policy and not a political issue. So I love that this issue is forcing us to put down our political labels and really look at the policy. And uh, So I'm enjoying that part of it. It'll be an interesting discussion. And as you listen to it and try and decide where you are, we're going to have to separate how you feel about the precedence it will set from the law itself. So what an interesting time and what a great time to put down those labels. So I, I am looking forward to this discussion. Um, we're out, out of a closing segment. And so next you'll be hearing my no- monologue to end the day together. A gun in the face.